So I am here sitting down with Lake and Bravo, right? Perfect. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I just want to make sure I was pronouncing it right because I, I had had a lot of lot to drink that night. That that we met. That we met. Yes. <laughs> okay. So you were performing at Underground Lounge. Yeah. Um, but you had just gotten back from touring. That was my last tour stop, yeah. So I had just finished up my Scandinavian leg before flying to Chicago. So it was literally, I landed October 5th and then my show in Chicago was October 6th, so. Yeah. Were you like jet lagged or anything like that? Cause I feel like that's, oh my like, gosh, a, yeah. that's like a long <laughs> flight, right? Oh yeah, it was a very long flight. For me, starting my set, I think it was almost 4 a.m. in the time zone that I just had come from. Okay. Um, I mean, I was still gr- having fun on stage, but there was a time, I will say, bless my drummer's heart. Like, I love him. We've known each other since college. I did turn around and look at him, and I was like, <laughs> what are we playing next? <laughs> I was just very tired. So, like, they traveled with you, right? You don't have, like, a, do you have a no. different... So I do something a little different than most artists do. Okay. Um, I mean, there's pros and cons to it. Uh, so I like to hire a new drummer and new background dancers every city I go to. Okay. For a few reasons. And if you're watching this podcast, like, feel free to take this from me. Like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to hold it back. But yeah, so one, it allowed me to give performing opportunities to locals of that city. Okay. And not only grew my network as a musician, but it also helped grow their network. So from networking, it was a great thing. Um, from financial standpoint, I didn't have to pay for lodging or travel fees for a band that was always consistently with me. That's true. And on top of that, now these people that I'm working with for the first time, they're inviting their friends, their family, and these are people that may have not necessarily heard of me before. So it was a great opportunity for marketing too. Yeah. The only con is like I would meet a lot of these people for the first time on stage. So that oh, was kind yeah. of the gamble I took with them. <clears throat> so do you have like a touring manager that like goes around with you and helps kind of coordinate the fact that you're hiring new people? So I usually take care of all the hiring myself only because I like to know kind of who I'm playing with and I'll run through like auditions. I ask for people to send me an audition. So I like to see those yeah. myself. Um, I do work with a promoter or I did now that my tour's over. Yeah. I don't. And he handled all the venue bookings and told me what cities, what dates, and that kind of thing. Okay. That's yeah. nice. That you don't have to, like, handle every single yeah. aspect of no, the tour. No, it was really tour. nice. Because, <laughs> I mean, so when you travel to different cities, do you get to, like, stop and, like, see things in the different cities? Like, get to, like, yeah. kind of take in the culture of that city? So, it kind of depends. When I did my Scandinavia leg of it, I really insisted that I have some extra time because I really wanted to see some of the cities out there and really experience the culture. When I was doing just the U.S. leg of it, some cities I spent more time, like I think Los Angeles, I was there maybe a week. But other cities like New York City, I was there just for the day of the show. Okay, and then you like flew out that night? Yeah. Wow. So it just kind of depended on how the schedule went. So do you prefer when it's like just like you stop in and go or do you prefer hanging out for a couple days i prefer to hang out for a couple days especially when i'm doing these shows sometimes i'm meeting new artists that are opening for me or otherwise and i love to spend time with them and like pick their brains about how their journey has been going or like we'll sit down and we might write a song together <clears throat> plus i'd like to see the city so i'd rather get like at least a few days yeah yeah so you got you actually debuted 
your first solo album in 2018? 2021. 2021. Oh, yeah. Okay. So what was that like going from like going and doing your own like solo album? It was very different because my career has kind of been a mix of a lot of things. So I started my entertainment career when I was 12. I booked like my first Broadway Chicago show. So I was doing musical theater. Um, when I was 18, I joined like an electronic dance music group and then we were doing like a lot of clubs and festivals. So straight off of like EDM and having to release my own music and it was just a completely different vibe. It was scary at first. Cause I mean, this was my first step into like showing people like, oh, I'm Lake and Bravo and this is what I bring to the table as a musician. But I mean, yeah. you got to take the first step to go somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you, um, like what kind of sparked your interest in like entertainment as a whole? Oh, I have, I mean, if you ask my parents, they'll tell you a different story. They'll tell you I was like trying to sing even as a baby, but getting into the whole industry, it was actually a friend of mine in middle school. She was like, Hey, there's an audition for the musical. You should come audition. And I was like, I don't sing. Yeah. I was just the orchestra kid. So, so like you played a bunch of instruments or oh no i just played viola so okay. like literally <laughs> the very um basic orchestra instrument okay um but yeah so she inspired me to do my first audition and halfway through singing my audition song the vocal director stopped me and she was like where have you been i'm yeah. like i don't know what you mean i've been in class i mean <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, no, you need to be a singer. And since that day, I just kind of continued on with it. I was like, all right, cool. This is what I'll do. That's awesome. Yeah. So that was, what did you say? How I old? was 12 when you that were 12. happened. Yeah. Okay. So from the age of 12, you just kind of ran with that. And... Oh, yeah. Been nonstop. <laughs> but, okay, so you got your start in theater. You never had any desire to, like, get on stage before then other than orchestra? No, not really. And even orchestra, I was just kind of a casual member. I was happy just kind of, like, sitting there playing whatever they gave me you're like i'm just chilling this is fun so. yeah i mean i don't know if you are familiar with the viola section but like we're not the soloists or anything we're just the ones that play like long notes to fill in the chords so <laughs> we're really just chilling in the orchestra <laughs> so going from that you uh went to what made you like was that kind of what sparked your interest in berkeley berkeley again was kind of also a very random thing um I had actually applied to exclusively apply to acting programs for college. Okay. With the exception of Berkeley, because I had a friend, again, just like friends impacting my life choices. I had a friend call me and was like, hey, I know you're thinking about acting, but I know you've written a few songs in high school. You might be a great fit for Berkeley. And I was like, what's Berkeley? So then <laughs> I auditioned and I turned in my application. They asked me to audition like two days later. And then after that, I immediately got accepted in. And they're like, yeah, we'd love to give like have you here. And I was like, OK, cool. So then I went to Berkeley. And Berkeley. So moving to like the West Coast. East right? Coast. East, oh, it's East Coast. Yeah, it's okay. Berkeley College of Music. So. so it's in Massachusetts? Yeah. OK. So moving to the East Coast, the, what was that transition like moving from you've kind of been in this area yeah your whole life at that point to be honest i really didn't think it was too bad of a transition um as far as location goes i mean i felt like boston 
oh gosh, I hope this doesn't offend anyone. I felt like Boston was kind of just like a shorter version of Chicago. Okay, I hear that a lot. I've never been to Boston. Yeah, they've got a river down like the center of the city. All the buildings are just shorter and people are still nice. So it yeah. felt pretty similar. Um, I think the biggest culture shock was just attending classes because it was my first time away from musical theater and classical music and having to jump into more contemporary based education. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Um, so, I mean, I always think that, you know, what, even if I'm traveling east, it's always an easier transition. I mean, the time zone, whatever, like that's it's such an easy transition new york any bigger city la yeah. if you were to drop me in la it is i'm like i don't <laughs> know where i'm at like it's like not my place la is definitely a different city i actually used to live in west hollywood out in la for like a small time yeah different types of people different vibe to the city well it's Very so strange. spread out yeah I don't, I don't like it as much i think Very for that spread reason. Out. and you have to drive everywhere yeah like i like new york uh, I love Chicago. Chicago is my home. Yeah. It's where I'll be for probably ever. But, <laughs> I mean, if it is up to me, like, I'm never leaving. But, the, um, but yeah, I just feel like going east is so much easier than going west. And, by, you know, it's just I think it's the time change and then also the layout of the city. Yeah, I mean, as someone who has lived both east coast, west coast, central, north, south, everywhere, I mean... I think I've been successful in finding like my home and everywhere I go. But if I had a preference, I think Chicago is still my hometown. So So when you move to a new place, what's the first thing you do? Unpack my boxes. Other than do people that, other do like, <laughs> okay. like I mean like what's like your first thing like all right, like now that I'm settled in Yeah. Like what are you doing to like To meet people? Um I usually try to go to an open mic. Okay. Yeah, cuz one, I like to perform, and two, that kind of introduces me to some people on the scene. So that's nice. what I did when I moved to Chicago for the first time, too. Okay. Yeah. So you're, aside from Berkeley, you then went and got your master's, correct? Yes. I have a master's of business from Urbana-Champaign, Illinois. Okay. Yeah, University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. <laughs> yeah, that's a mouthful, but yeah. I know what you're saying. So the, so... Was that different going to like a like not musically inclined um, college, or do you feel like it was just kind of like an extension of high school? To be honest, I actually unpopular opinion. I felt like it was a little bit of an extension of my undergrad in a weird way. I know Berkeley is solely a music conservatory type environment. However, within my major, I was a songwriting major. We did not just sit there and write songs all day. Yeah, we had to take. Ex like extensive courses in music law and copyright and business so then having to switch over to just the regular business I saw a lot of things that were still applicable from my bachelor's going into my master's so when we would do a marketing unit and we would talk about social media all of a sudden these things having to market myself in previous bands or as an individual artist those things started to make sense because this is something I studied or even when we talked about copyright law and patenting it was kind of a similar process to trying to get a copyright on your own original music. So yeah. I thought that was kind of an interesting crossover. Although I was like a pandemic student, so all my classes were online. So I don't... For Berkeley? No, for my oh, master's. For your master's. So like I never actually stepped foot on the campus except for to graduate. Okay. So did you yeah. take it from Chicago? Like you were in Chicago when you... Um. Yeah, were... pretty much. I just took it from my laptop. Nice. <laughs> Yeah. So um, what were your thoughts? Like, so did you live in, you lived in Chicago, like, 
the city of Chicago, not like suburbs, right? No, I, so I did high school out in the suburbs. Okay. Moved to Boston, moved to LA, came back to the suburbs of Chicago during the pandemic because I was able to get a job and the pandemic kind of shut down. Yeah, and you're <laughs> Entertainment like, well, I a little to bit. the city, yeah. Yeah, but then once things started to clear up a little bit, I moved back to the city, so. Okay, what suburb did you do high school in? Barrington. Okay, well, yeah. I don't know where that is. I... Northwest. Okay. Yeah. All right, because, um, yeah, so basically, I was just curious of, like, if you, because I moved in the pandemic. Like, I moved to downtown, like, in 2020, of like, March of 2020. Like, yeah. I signed a lease. I was like, nothing could go wrong. And then I was like, everything <laughs> went wrong. <laughs> okay, but that's how it was when I moved to Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles January of 2020. And I was like, nothing's going to go wrong. I'm going to start my career here in L.A. And literally by March 2020, there was no groceries on the shelf. Like, you could not even buy an onion from the grocery store. Yeah. There were no jobs. Everyone was freaking out. I was like, okay. So I called up. I think it's weird that you couldn't buy toilet paper. Toilet paper? I would have been fine with. I just wanted food. You can only live off of, like, rice and frozen fruit for so long. (laughs) But I'm saying, like, like it's weirder that, like, they ran out of I feel like toilet paper is so much easier to make than an onion. Onion, there's, like, a... At least, you know, a long time. You got to grow it. You got to plant it. You got to do those true. things. This is true. Where toilet paper is made in a factory somewhere. Yeah. And you could only buy like a couple rolls at a time. You know what? People, they wanted the TP. The people they spoke, did. and that was what they wanted. Yeah. It's probably because they were out of all the, like the natural food. So everyone was living off like hot pockets and stuff. They oh, were yeah. going through toilet yeah. paper 10 <laughs> times faster. So that makes sense, I guess. But it's still crazy. Just, it was a crazy time, and I'm glad that's kind of like slowing down, and, yeah. and everything's actually speeding up. Uh, I mean, pandemic was a crazy time, but I mean, in a way, it put me as an individual artist on the map. So yeah. it was good in that sense. So when did you release your first like single, or was it that... as an individual artist? Oh, so that was your album. You released a full. Yeah, album. Okay. I just I just went for it. I was like, <laughs> you know what? All in. Let's go. Because I feel like a lot of people usually release like a single or whatever yeah. to test the water and then they go full album. But you just were like, yeah, no. So for me, I had come off of just being in a band. I had traveled a little bit and moved out to L.A., came back. It was in the beginning of 2021. I kind of felt like, you know what? I think I might be done with music. I've been doing music since I was 12. I mean, it might just be nice to figure out what's next in life. Yeah. Um, but I had, again, friends changing the course of my life. I had a few friends call me right after the holiday season and they're like, Hey, we know you're thinking about leaving the industry, but like, you've never released a song under just your name. You've always had other artists perform your songs or under the band or however, like you should just release something, put something out there under your name. Yeah. So that got me thinking and then I couldn't decide on just one song. So I was like, you know what? I'll just put out an album. It's seven songs. No big deal. It was an album called Songs You'll Never Hear because I really didn't think anyone was going to hear this music. I like the title of that, by the way. Yeah. I did see that. So. Well, so did a lot of other people, apparently, <laughs> because everyone heard this, these songs. So. Yeah, yeah, and you like hit, like, I mean, collectively, like, over 100,000 on just Spotify. Yeah, in six months, because I got the end of the year, review, like, wrap up from Spotify, and that was only maybe six months into my music being out. It was streamed in 147 countries and over like a hundred thousand times just on Spotify alone. So, so with not crazy. expecting anything to come of it, you were yeah. like, "Whatever songs I'll never hear," releasing it, 
And then seeing that, like the data from that, like what did you, what was like that initial thought or feeling that you had? I mean, it was exciting. Um, a lot of shock. I remember <laughs> celebrating in my office. I was like, guys, look, people are listening to this stuff. <laughs> um, I think my favorite part of it was when it first started taking off. I got to, I was fortunate to be a part of a few interviews for different publications. And then I got to release music videos because there was a huge demand for it. But my favorite part of it all was seeing the different names of the playlist that my songs got added to. Yeah. I mean, I feel bad. There are some sad people in this world, very sad name playlists. <laughs> but I mean, my music had a time and place for them, so I'm happy. <laughs> so with, um, were those like, you were like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write like an album? Or was it? Like, I just have these songs that I've written over the years. Was it more that? Uh, no, actually. So okay. one song I carried over from, like, my college days. Okay. But all the other songs, I think there's seven total on the album. So the six other songs were just songs that I just wrote that month that I was like, yep, it's going to go on the album. We're just going to call it there. I think one of them I actually wrote at work, and I was, like, talking to my coworker, I was like, give me some lyric inspiration. I was like, tell me something, tell me something. <laughs> well, what did you used to do before? Yeah, so p during the pandemic and before my music kind of took off, I was actually working for a real estate company. Okay. Just managing their front desk. So I was just cashing people's earnest money checks and closing checks, reviewing, closing documents, that kind of thing. Hmm. Yeah. Answering phone calls. Pretty normal. <laughs> yeah, pretty normal stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Usually you hear, like, you know, someone who's, like, going into music. They're like, oh, you know, well, I was. We actually, we talked to one person who was a teacher. And then he was like, once my, the kids in the classroom started hearing my music, he's like, that's when I had to leave. <laughs> like, he's like, because I was like, oh, you know, like, I think he had one song called Fuck the Popo. Ooh. And he was like, yeah, we're going to have to turn in our two weeks. Like, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, then he, like, just full-sended it. So, I mean, that's awesome that you're able to do that yeah. now. Yeah. No, I worked in a real estate office, and bless everyone's heart, it was a real estate office, super small, very far up north in Illinois. Um, a lot of the agents who worked there, I it felt like family to me. Like, they felt like they could be, like, my aunts, uncles, like, my parents. Yeah. So to see all of them, like, get down and they're, like, dancing to some of my music, no matter what the context of the song was, yeah. I was like, all right, cool, <laughs> like, all right. Um, what would you say your biggest, like, musical inspirations are? Like, like when you, like, growing up listening to music, like, what was the, what were the artists, if you had to pick, like, three? So I would say there's definitely a huge change. So the music that I'm going to be releasing and the music that I took on tour has a completely different set of inspirations compared to what I grew up listening to. Okay. I grew up listening to artists like Mariah Carey, Lady Gaga, Ingrid Michaelson, things like that. Yeah. I will say my music now that will be coming out, I think, in March of 2023 is more inspired by like Ariana Grande, Billie Eilish, Doja Cat, more recent pop artists. Yeah. All great artists, though. That you oh, my just God, made. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> but do you still listen to, like, the Mariah Carey and all that stuff? Like, oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. I feel like there's always those songs that kind of carry over yeah, throughout Lady your Gaga life. Yeah, Lady Gaga was my life growing up. I dressed up as her for Halloween, like, three years in a row, so. Well, and she's still killing it. She's, like, not as, I don't, like, I guess I don't notice her music coming out as much because I see her in so many more movies. 
movies and i know she's been on tour like an international tour this last year because one of my background dancers from los angeles was in her tour as oh, well that's awesome yeah super so, cool okay like you grew up listening to lady gaga and now it's like yeah <laughs> you're like i used one of her dancers i was like so cool amazing. <laughs> literally all the social media posts came out and i was like that's my dancer <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But it's got to be cool to see that, like, especially because you, like, pull people from the different cities. Mm-hmm. It's got to be cool to, like, see them, like, oh, look, they're doing, you know, like this with this person now. Oh, yeah. It's been so cool to kind of follow everyone's journey. So, like, obviously, the one dancer from L.A., he went on to dance with Lady Gaga. Um, my drummer in L.A. plays literally everyone under the sun in Los Angeles. Um, I think one of my dancers from Nashville ended up opening up her own dance studio. So that's, oh, that's been awesome. really sweet to kind of see go down. So it's been a lot of that for sure. I know my Chicago girlies like from, cause I played Chicago twice on my tour. Yeah. I saw that on your website. So yeah. Cause the one that I was at, it was my last one, my and, but it was, one. I didn't see it on your website. Oh no. Cause I hadn't updated my website. So it was, um, <laughs> But, like, I didn't see it, so I was like, oh, she hit Chicago. So I was like, oh, this was on the same tour. I'm like, yeah. like that. So I saw the first one, and I was like, oh, okay. So was it, like, a late addition to the tour? So, oof. Um, there are many ups and downs of being a musician. I actually had to take off the official, like, dates and times from my website. I would announce them on my social media and I would advertise there, but I had to take them off of my website because after my first Chicago show, I actually had one of the fans who was a little bigger of a fan than others and actually broke into my home. Oh, wow. So for safety reasons, I had to take off of like take off my exact location and times from my website. Okay. But social media was okay because I had blocked that account and any accounts that would be started from the same user. So that yeah. was a little bit safer. Yeah, well, we don't want to see you have like yeah. a John Lennon sort of situation happen. So that's yeah, that's good. so you know, good that you took that precaution. That's why you see on there, like after the Chicago or no, after, yeah, there were no the dates. Texas it was one. just saying yeah. that you were hitting those cities. So pretty much, like even the Scandinavia leg was so it was such a challenging mark, like a marketing challenge, to like advertise these shows, get people to these shows without having to like post it on my website or anything like oh, that. Oh yeah. So I was solely relying on social media at that point yeah. and word of mouth. Well, but you had links to the tickets, right? Yeah, on social media. Okay, mm-hmm. so, yeah. Hmm. I mean, that's how people find out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, rarely do I look at a website unless social media absolutely absolutely gives me no, lo- like, information. Yeah. So I feel like that's where everything's moving anyway. That's kind of how I felt, too. So I was like, all right. I mean, it worked out. I yeah. still had people in all of my shows, so. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, uh, I feel like you did an amazing job at Underground Lounge. Thank you. <laughs> and, like, well, and it was, like, packed that night, too. It was really crazy, yeah. I've So I've been there at least two other times. But, like, it's I've never seen it that packed. Like, like for that, like, what was it? Like, they called it, like, a mini fest? Yeah, like, it's just a miniature festival, but... But it was cool because, like, it was such a different mix of music. Yeah. Like, because, like, when you came up, I was, like... There were like three people that kind of came up and like rapped and I was like Well, we are in Chicago, which yeah. is a lot of rap and rock. So. But I was like, <laughs> okay, and I was like I was like I don't know if I can take another like rap person. So like I actually closed out my tab when you oh were coming gosh. up, but then 
you started and I was like I opened up another tab because I was like oh okay I, yeah, I, can, yeah. I can listen to this and like my girlfriend was like this is actually really good I like it and um, and then her, her other friend was like she's like yeah she's like I could stay here all night if she's gonna keep performing so like they just they loved you and then I was like I'm gonna go see if she'll come on the podcast and then that's how we met yeah and I honestly didn't know because I was like you know like you just got off tour all this stuff. I was like, I don't know if she's going to text me or whatever. And then I saw, you were like, hey, it's like in Bravo. And I was like, no way. I was like, she texted. Yeah, no, I love stuff like this. So, so of yeah. course I was going to text. Well, no, but I was like, I didn't know. Because, you know, like when you're like moving so fast, I like caught you in the middle of packing up. Yeah, I was packing up the merch table just because. So I was like in the middle of that. I was like, yeah. I didn't know if she was going to. Like, even remember that you like there were so many people there was like a line i had to wait in to talk to you so yeah it was <laughs> i will say my my chicago loves they showed out for the show so i was like props to you guys <laughs> so that's why i was like i was like i don't know what will happen but here we are yeah um when is the like next what's the next thing that like fans can expect yeah so i am working with um a producer i actually connected with via tiktok so yay social media um, we are hitting the studio in December. So I've already kind of started the preliminary tracks and he's going to help me kind of finish off the vocal production and then he'll do the mix and mastering. And then we're going to plan out releases starting in March and there'll be three, we're going to do singles this time. So the opposite of most people where yeah. they do singles and then an album, we're doing an <laughs> album and then singles. So starting in March, the first one will come and then the next two will follow. That's awesome. Yeah. So, okay, so check those out and then where can people find you literally everywhere i will say my distributor is really good about making sure my music is accessible so as long as people know the name of a song or they know my name lake and bravo l-e-i-k-y-n you can find me spotify apple music amazon pretty much everywhere and then instagram your instagram everything is lake and bravo so yeah so it's the easy. hardest part is just spelling my first name. But that'll be the title of this episode, so... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so look at the title, and then you can... You just can, go from there. Yeah, go from there. But yeah, my website has options. All my social media has options to find my music. Music is accessible for everyone, whether you're a Spotify user, Apple Music user. If you just want to check out music videos on YouTube, that's a vibe, too. It's all there. All right, one last question. Yeah, what up? <laughs> <laughs> Do you... Uh, what does your writing process consist of? I love this question because the first time I ever got interviewed, somebody asked me this, and without thinking, I just said snacks. <laughs> I don't know how that was an answer. <laughs> um, I guess my writing process, it's very just random. I don't think I'm ever that one person who's just like, you know what, I start with a guitar part, then I write lyrics. It's just kind of whatever is inspiring me in that moment, whether it's a drum beat or it's just like a sonar, something that I heard on TV, on some random TV show, or it could just be lyrics that I like dreamed of and woke up and I was like, let me write these down real quick. So it could be anything. No, that's awesome. I mean, I like that, you know, it can pull from literally any aspect of your life. I mean, because we've talked to people that have, um, you know, like they're like, well, I have to sit down, I have to pour coffee, I have to do this and I have to but then there's other people that are like sometimes it's just I just dot it down and like you know like something yeah. as simple as that but well, I, I grew up reading so like reading kind yeah of, I grew up avoiding reading ah no I love books and I love how authors have this ability to kind of create like new worlds and new characters so I think that's kind of what I feel right. like with my music I'm like you know what let me create like a whole story and a whole world for this song to kind of live in 
So I think that's why I like movies. Yeah. Like the exact same, what you just said, but like, technically they're doing it with words too, but you know, someone's reading them to me. (laughs) Yeah, someone's reading it for you. You don't have to read it yourself. (laughs) But But, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of my process. I just like to think of a story and then figure out where it's going to start and it builds from there. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Lakin, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, and I want to invite you back whenever you want. Like next, but when you release your next thing, you come on talk hey, about let's it. Let's do it. And, <laughs> yeah, and then give us an update on your next, you know, whatever's next to come. And I had a great time talking to you. Um, one last shout out: you can find her everywhere, uh, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, social media is all media. of them Google, <laughs> Google you can yeah. find her at Lake and Bravo and uh, don't be shy just go ahead and like the uh, subscribe to her on uh, Instagram or follow her on Instagram subscribe to her on Spotify do all of the things and listen to her music it's definitely yeah. worth it you're gonna love it uh, Lake and thank you again thanks <laughs>